0: The pineapple originated in in our office and um, a co-op student that was working in in my office, Daniel, he, I I wanted, when we were making the prototypes and we were getting ready for Nick to come up and we were going to make that first ski from our first model and we were going to make the mold and cut the mold and that's really what we did when when Nick first came is I wanted to put something on that ski rather than just make this black carbon thing. I wanted to put something on it and we had like an hour and we're like, what are we going to put on this thing? And, you know, Daniel came up with this pineapple and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. So we, we put this pineapple on the ski just to put, show that there could be a logo and what that could be like. Cause I, cause I thought that would be, you know, um, how the ski looks is a big part of, you know, my, my what I bring to the table. So that was on there. And for some reason we never changed <laughs> and, and it's, oh, it's been, uh, I kind of only positive
1: it must have been may of last year when we finally i got a, like the shape that i actually had in my head and we got got on the computer and it all came it all culminated and then like the ski came down and it looked exactly how i wanted it and everything like and then so a couple sets go by and like i don't know where to put the bindings and stuff like that and then you spend a week on it and then all of a sudden you like ski really well i'm like holy this is it like we, we did it carl we did it <laughs> And you're like, it's. I don't know. It was. It was probably the most self-gratifying like moment I've had in a long time. Like to 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 put the ideas I've had down on a computer, gets molded by Carl, ships down to me, and you ski it. And you're like, man, that's that's really cool. It was. I don't. It, monumental for me. <laughs>
2: Or welcome to the Waterski Podcast. This is Matteo Luceri, your host, and the goal of this podcast is to promote waterskiing, my favorite sport, probably the favorite sport of most of you listening, um, the favorite sport of many, and especially uh, one of the things that really pushes me to continue with this project is that the content that is being created here and elsewhere is fueling the stock uh, for waterskiing and making it climb the rankings of favorite sports, uh, at least to a lot of individuals. Um, So, you know, this is what I'm about, growing the sport, making more people stoked about skiing. Now, for those of you who have been listening to this for a while, you know that I truly care about growing and developing the sport. And a lot of it, or, or a good part of it, comes from product development, product placement, uh, the things that we use to ski, uh, which are many, including the actual skis. And this is what this episode is all about. So episode 68 is my interview with Carl Dennis and Nick Parsons, who are the two skiers, hands, brains um, behind the Parsons project. Now as many as most of you might know, I interviewed Nick for the third episode of this podcast around September of 2019. And a lot of people have been asking me to get him back. And I obviously couldn't wait for the opportunity. And then I saw that, the, that Carl and Nick were developing their own ski. And that, the, that was the perfect opportunity to get him back. But we'd been trying for months to make it work um you know nick is in in salt lake carl is in canada i am in italy so there were a couple of complications but we made it work and i'm so stoked about this episode um, the two are some of my favorite characters in water skiing uh, excited passionate knowledgeable um, and i think you'll see how their different skill set um, contributed to to the skid that they're creating. Now, I am a day late, and I apologize for that. Generally, I post these things on a Tuesday, um, but I think you'll quickly forget that I was late by the quality of this conversation. So I hope you'll enjoy it. And I've been receiving a lot of compliments, a lot of requests for how to help the podcast. Now, there's a by now there's a few ways in which you can do it. so if you go to the waterskipodcast.com slash support, you'll find different ways reviewing, donating, advertising, etc. but the number one gold rule remains which is tell your friends. Now the weather is getting warmer you're showing up to the to the lake to take your first few sets. If your friends are not listening to the waterski podcast or, If they don't even know what podcasts are, um, help them out, help them to get connected to the Waterski podcast. Well, that's it. Let's, uh, let's just start this interview with uh, Nick Parsons and Carl Dennis from the Parsons project. Enjoy. Guys, super stoked to have you on the podcast. And by guys, I mean, Carl Dennis and Nick Parsons. We've been trying for months to do this interview. I'm, finally glad I got a a little bit of your time. Um, Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure.
2: So look, Carl, we're gonna start with you because obviously Nick I've already interviewed and we know his story to a certain extent. Carl, how did you get into water skiing?
0: Uh, I don't know, I guess the same old story, just skiing at the lakes. Uh, Dad had a boat, parents had a boat and got out there and there was a slalom ski that came with the boat so I did that and this is like grade three grade four kind of thing and uh and then around uh first summer break in college uh found out about a ski club in Calgary and then uh where I live and got out there and skied you know weekday membership and skied shoot every day and found out about more about the course and that kind of thing and then uh, stuck with that for a couple years, uh, maybe a couple of years, and then took a break. Life gets going, work, career, and then um, find a little bit of time and, you know, the ability to get back out there and ski. So, you know, went, went joined the club again, and that was around 2006 and kind of stuck with it ever since.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember meeting you, if I'm not mistaken, 2012 in Calgary?
0: Uh, 13, I think. 13. 2013, I think the pro shootout.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was the first year. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I mean, you you squeezed a lifetime of passion in in, in two minutes. Um, <laughs> did you? Have you always competed? Is this something you took on like after you came back into the sport?
0: No, I didn't even know about competition. Um, that came later, and at the club they would host tournaments, and then it became. Uh, you know, you enter in those weekday evening tournaments, um, and just skiing some buoys and then kind of realize there was a tournament and then it meant getting better skis, better equipment. And then, uh, so yeah, that started all later on. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty competitive, so that was, uh, (laughs) I would say, (laughs) so that was a fun, uh, it continues to be a fun thing to do and to chase your friend, your buddies and friends and and uh just try to ski more buoys so yeah.
2: so just just to get a sense did you grow up playing other sports or it's been like water skiing in the summer and that's it
0: uh it water skiing would be like a handful of weekends throughout the summer so super limited um and other sports no i, I for me probably spent all, most of my time skateboarding uh, as a kid and so that individual sport side you know clicks and um did limited team sports you know played some soccer that kind of thing um not super competitive or frankly that good at it but um the individual stuff i you know sink my teeth in and and uh you know just work on work on that that's what i like about skiing. you're you're honing this this thing um and you know it's it's the precision it's the so all of that kind of connected with that side but for me as a kid you know it was Definitely, you know, a lot of times skateboarding, and then uh, career became uh, you know the primary focus after
2: college. And that and kind of w- what career mm-hmm. did you jump your, did you put yourself into? Um,
0: yeah, that's that's kind of brings us to where we are now. I think the um, you know with this with the Parson project, working with Nick and and making the ski is is my career is around uh, materials, uh, advanced composites, and the uh, sort that's that's my career kind of path. But that's kind of was the entry into Uh, I guess the business world in the sense of um, utilizing those advanced materials for um, the field that I'm in which is medical devices and using those materials for um, what ultimately is radiotranslucent devices for cancer treatment and that's what that's what I do and um, spend most of my my time doing um, when I'm not able to get out skiing and all the other sports I try to do
2: well so you know I mean I'm I want to venture in saying, and maybe Nick can, can tell us more, that you you guys sort of met at a tournament, maybe in Calgary even, uh, but you definitely found someone there who shares a lot of passion about equipment, materials, wanting to understand, you know, physics uh, and skis. So, Nick, how did this whole project of building a ski together came about? Well,
0: well I, I want to probably- tell you something let me interrupt. I, I, I want to say something about <laughs> meeting because we met at the same tournament that, that I met you, Mateo. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. and yeah. so I, I was, I wasn't, I, I, I ended up being the announcer for that tournament. I don't know if you remember. And I do. And, uh, and so, um, man, that's where I met Nick. And yeah, I had no idea that Nick was such a, uh, I guess, prolific guy when it comes to designing water skis and, and, and his knowledge. Um, and but that was just want to step back because we were kind of in the entry how it started and that was that's where I met Nick and that was the premise around that tournament and you know I was there in that capacity you know announcing and then we had a I don't know it was just a really good vibe at the end of that tournament we were we had some beers going and you know everyone was hanging out and so that was like that 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 connection um, right there so then then we get into I know you know that's next the next thing. I think.
2: What is it? Oh, the next thing. Well, mm-hmm. I'll just say a side story in terms of materials about that tournament. You might you might remember this, Carl, but I was staying at your place with Brad Ronaldson, who landed me his ski to ski the tournament because mine snapped on my way to Canada.
1: Oh, really? So, and That's I, right.
2: Yeah. And so I actually did, and I skied pretty well at that tournament. I think I got fifth uh, on Brad's ski, you know, which I had to get used to in like three or four sets before the tournament.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. So,
2: Sorry. Small parentheses aside. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot. Nick? I mean,
0: in, in the, around us. I mean, meeting you, Matteo, and myself meeting Nick. There was like all this, this, uh, every a lot going on. And it was. Uh, I think. I think for me, it was like announcing at an event for the first time. Uh, you're dealing with your broken. I mean, it was just super, super fun uh, moment that I, I remember. A lot of good moments about that. So, and and that that was that. Uh, yeah, it was a really cool time.
2: Yeah. and so that's what it started Nick so from 2013 you guys started working on a ski together or how did that develop
1: well I did yeah I met Carl at that tournament and I remember yeah we spent some time together and we seemed to have like similar types of humor and joking around and having a good time and stuff and then it kind of progressed into talking about what we do for work and and then I seven years goes, keeps going on. And then we, I don't know, we just tossed around the idea over and over again. Like, do you want to do it? Do you want, should we, should we do it? Or what? I don't know. Is it even possible? And I,
0: and I thought in, in that time, I actually, you know, you know, it was like, are you fantasize about making a ski? And now because you're skiing and and I have the materials and, and, and kind of some basis of, of the knowledge of how that would go down. But, for me making a ski was actually almost impossible like the the, the challenges were were um uh, huge from a technical perspective and so for me the timing was you know that that those are when we first talked about it nick goes, hey you want to make a ski um i just thought that's a huge you know project, so the timing was wasn't right but then all of a sudden uh what about well if we fast forward about a year and a half ago or so yeah, yeah. Um, i i'm listening to your podcast mateo and i'm listening to nick's that's right uh, that's right interview and i forgot
1: to, i forgot to thank you for that mateo yeah that was a big uh, that right re- reconnected us i forgot all about that so i so it started
2: I'm, from that interview,
0: from no, that's, that interview what, yeah. that's, what, that's what triggered me i was like man you know i knew nick was keen to make to make a project to like do it do a ski but i I re- realized through that interview, I think that there was a, so much knowledge and so much um, potential, you know, that I didn't, we didn't, we never talked about, you know, how a ski we made or what. I just, I just felt like there was a, you know, the time, it, the time for me to be able to do it and have the time and the bandwidth to do it, and then the, um, just that reminder that hey, Nick's there and, and, and has the uh, the passion and 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 all those missing pieces that sure I can technically make get it done but the the, the connecting those dots is is critical and and, um that for me was it i was like i'm gonna i i was on a road trip i'm I'm calling nick i'm gonna see what what's up tell him that i'd probably be up for the challenge
2: yeah no i mean you're striking me as someone who's easily up for challenges at least you know a few times i've met you challenges were plentiful um now nick you have been interested about skis since who knows how long, probably since the beginning. Right. Yeah. And yet, and yet you, you never had a chance to quite go solo. Right. Uh, there were always, I'm assuming other constraints. Yeah. Uh, I was
1: always under somebody or whatever. And, and so my ideas were kind of,
2: they weren't sidelined,
1: but they, I mean they added to whatever it was, but I, I never got to be, it was never my wheelhouse. So, I mean, that was kind of a dream, I guess, you know, like, I have these ideas I want to put down and and, and make a ski. It'd be really cool, and that was never that never got to happen. But it's been happening so.
2: No, of is, course, of course. Yeah. And, it, and it bears your name on or your last name on it. <laughs> um, now, what what was it like for you? Because I'm assuming the excitement must have been huge. But did you feel like you were ready? Did you have the whole know-how? Like, what were what was the beginning for you, Nick? Like mentally.
1: Uh, well, so Carl and I kind of reconnected and we started talking and like, it was, we were, maybe we're going to do this or it's gonna, let's try it. So we kind of dabbled a little bit and then through the winter, we started even talking more and like, and then we really got involved and like, all right, we're going to spend some time and design the ski on, on uh works and, and work on that. And so that took, that was difficult. We just did it mostly over FaceTime and, and we, it was about a three month process and, and then... It's tough. It's tough to do over Facetime like that. How we did it, and then we, we finally figured out a way where we could, where I could get my hands on something and like I could make adjustments and tell them how to how to what to alter and stuff, and, and that was that was that then things really started to progress that way.
0: Well, that that's that's a good point because man, we were we were designing. Um, well, there's a there's a point in time where uh, COVID hadn't happened, so travel was possible, and right. um, we had been going through initial designs, and Nick's like, I want to come up I want to come up get my hands on this thing I want to, I want to see this you know he wanted to come to the office, get to get to our, our you know where we do the manufacturing of all our equipment and everything and, and get get in there and like kind of like you know get it to happen and I'm like, just wait, there's nothing here yet. we're, we're just something on a computer you'll come and there will be So I remember kind of holding him back I'm like, wait, wait, wait and uh, we're designing and designing and, and <clears throat> that was one of the challenges to design that shape, for us doing medical devices and everything's so constrained and has so many constraints and and, and uh geometry wise like so such so a different world. The the ski is such a fluid shape and, and such a um, a different thing for us that um, we were we were trying to figure out how the heck to do it while while and and so I had to kinda of hold Nick back and what we're building and you know, doing all this modeling and failing. We were just failing constantly trying to trying to make a, something that would would uh, be a starting point where we could start to actually create a shape that, um, that that would become a ski. So we're pre-molding so, at this point. We're pre-manufacturing. We're just trying to wrap our heads around how to how to shape and, and make these models. To so get you know, our, our the experience was so different, uh, irrelevant, but so different um, in that respect. And how so. was
2: that for you, Carl? Because you know it was a new experience for for you as well. Because I'm assuming you know. You've been in your business for a while. You you know what you're doing. You might make adjustments and, and improvements, but you have a solid, start, like baseline starting point. Whereas for you now it was a comp- you might have had the machinery, I guess, but you didn't. You were building we're, something completely new.
0: We had the ability, but didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> okay. No idea. Um, I mean, had an idea and definitely knew there was going to be a challenge. But you're right, like. Uh, you know, we started, I started manufacturing medical devices in 2001 and in 2002, formed a company. And so I had, uh, in that field, I know what I'm doing. Um, but in manufacturing ski, uh, that's what is so exciting about it is, is when you take on a new, new thing like that is all the, the unknown. So we're at the point now where we're, we're designing it and making models and and kind of failing and the, the shapes aren't looking right and learning about what. From Nick's perspective, what matters in the ski um, and what what points of, of in the design are critical and where we need to have control of, and so it became a, a an exercise of at least for me going back and forth, learning what what points on the ski are going to be or or what areas are going to be our driving areas, and, and and so really technically getting a deep dive into how these skis are going to be um, designed, so that moving forward, because I anticipated these things are going to be changing, so. Um, I didn't want to we didn't want to create something that was like locked in and we'd be starting over because I imagined the process was going to become fluid and how we're going to do that process that was going to be, um, you know, ever changing while we're while we're in the development stage. And so the so my point being that Nick was, you know, eager to come down and we weren't we weren't at a point where we, you know, we could he could add a lot for us being there. And then we made some breakthroughs. And that's what Nick, we were saying, um, I think. I'll Let you take that take take over when we started to make that breakthrough, where you started to have a ski that, um, or or models that started to 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 make sense with what you were thinking. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So when when did that happen? When when Nick? When were you able to grab a piece of carbon surrounding foam and and touch it? I think
1: I went up in December of twenty was it twenty twenty yeah. nineteen? Yeah. So I I drove up from Salt Lake. Rented a car and drove all the way up to Calgary in the middle of the winter, and it was, it was tough. It was snowy and Pure, remember- pure
2: Parson style, like a an unnecessary oh, drive. Hold on, yeah. hold on a second. <laughs> it's not. It does just that.
0: Nick didn't know what he was getting into. He shows up. He's got his skis in in the truck. He's thinking he's going up. He's going to hit all these hills, Uh, Lake we Like, oh, we got wicked ski hills up here. You know. He's in Calgary. I mean, he was. <laughs> he, did, he ended up sleeping in the boardroom, and it was it was almost like eighteen hour days. Um, and those skis didn't go anywhere near snow
1: yeah we spent a, a solid week just at, at a shop there like laying up a ski and and and, and cutting a mold and then we had a, something on our hands and then I think by February we went and skied somewhere and we tried it and then that was the first time we got a ski on it and then we learned from that and then we we kept going down that process um, of trying different things and then but yeah
2: so Nick Fair question, I think you're you're starting a ski company, you know, you know, like you've been on a lot of skis over the years, Mm -hmm. you know what you like and you don't like. Mm -hmm. How do you go about starting from scratch, you know, from a design perspective?
1: That was something I I had never done starting from scratch. And that was that was um, that was a a learning process. And it was I I had a better understanding of, of skis starting from scratch, I think going down yeah going down that route was was beneficial because there, there was, i was always i was always manipulating uh existing models you know uh working with like with good skis or with other companies and stuff like so to start from scratch was challenging but i think that the only way that i think carl carl and i really wanted something that was ours you know we didn't want to like start with something that we copied or did anything like that it was like so the only way to do that was to start from scratch
2: yeah yeah no i i can see that but i i bet the you know the the adjustment for you must have been huge and granted you said something like you know i learned a lot about skis which i know is your top priority nick so Mm -hmm. kudos for you to go down that path but (laughs) i can imagine after you know so many years of like taking something and ah this could be better if we change this one thing right out of i don't know 20 25 uh now you have to put all the 25 in yourself
1: yeah there was a lot of uh, variables but we had to i mean you got to prioritize those variables and what do you want and, and eventually you got to pick all right there's there's still stuff we don't aren't happy with or i don't know but like and then there's stuff you can change post mold like i don't know you can change your rocker or your your flex and stuff to right. kind of, to, I don't know, make those, those things that aren't so important, to,
2: kind yeah. of, not a big deal anymore. Now, in terms of, and I'll ask to you, Carl, but obviously Nick, jump in whenever you want. Uh, in terms of materials, like, were you already aware of what materials you needed, like the production process, or did you have to investigate there a little bit more?
0: That's a really good point. Um, and materials of course are so important we probably are using um in 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 our ski uh materials that you wouldn't necessarily normally find in a water ski uh in terms of their quality and their uh, um, grade so because we're, we're we're i'm used to making you know very specific um medical devices so strength is critical and, and a lot of things are, are kind of heightened in, in in that kind of environment so we're we're cross we're bringing those materials and, and that 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 across into the ski so our core the 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 way we process it i think is probably a little bit unique um and the materials themselves we have we have a really i mean we benefit greatly by the manufacturing equipment that we are able to use. Uh, and so I think we we have some processes and methods that would be more more akin to you know what you do in a you know fighter craft, aircraft or something aerospace than uh, water than than water sports so or or, or in sporting goods like a water ski so the process and the material lends itself to a high degree of accuracy um, in our process and um, I can tell you even now we're, we're developing some some checking and testing uh kind of scanning of, of, of the equipment of the ski so that we can learn more about how it reacts to the molding process so, so just new new things that were so many new stuff that we're, we're trying to do to, to build on the materials and the the um, process that we're doing to make that ski so that, so at the same time that um, you know we never made a ski before we also didn't have any predetermined ideas about how they're supposed to be made so uh, it, we end up using some pretty advanced you know methods and and um you know and and that gives us you know that's just that's both a strength and a, and a big learning curve too but definitely something that's that's going on right now as is, is so to answer your question yes and no i we didn't go looking for what does a typical ski how is it made we went and said these are materials we know and how can we apply them here um for the ultimate goal of uh what i would call you know what we consider like key design inputs. so you know, when you're designing something, you have your key designing. But so, what what are those going to matter? Flex needs to be exactly where you want. You need control over that, and you need, to need consistency, uh, shape, rocker. Uh, um, that that all has to be uh, you know part of your quality system and, and high highly controlled. And for me, that's my goal is to whatever we put uh, you know Nick's name on is going to be made well because that's my part of it is making sure it's made uh, uh, well. So um, that's kind of the, 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 the other part of it that I'm, I'm working on. So that, that's how the materials, you know, play into that and, nice. and the materials we're
2: choosing. Yeah. Now, Nick, uh, sounds like you guys are doing quite a few innovative things. And if you don't want to spoiler them in terms of like, you know, saying them, that's fine. But what <laughs> I'd like for you to do, because you know, we have a lot of listeners who have no idea about slalom, of course, uh, can you oh. give like a 101 one of like how a ski is normally made? That doesn't have to be the, the Parsons project. So how do you build a, a carbon fiber water ski? Like what do you need? What is the process? Like in simple terms. Uh,
1: well, it's two carbon fiber laminates uh, sandwiched around a, uh, a, a foam core. That's essentially it's just heated up in a mold and pressed and then it pops out, and then you trim it, and then you have a ski, essentially.
2: So you trim the edges that come out of the mold?
1: Yeah, right? that's that's pretty standard, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, and then what about the inserts? Like, you put the inserts uh, inside before you sandwich, after?
1: Uh, there are... Um, what, would you call, what are those pieces called, Carl, that are in the in the core?
2: <laughs> of the... Well, there'll be...
0: So you've, you've got a foam core which can't hold an insert... To save its life. So we have to put a, for lack of a better word, a pre-insert or a, or, or a larger insert that's generally of higher density um, that will you can drill into and secure and fasten fasten an insert. So there's a low density core, you know, pre-inserts that are going to hold your metal insert that actually retains a thread so that you can bolt your bindings on and super critical, the positioning of those inserts. Uh, and, uh, and then there's the fin yep. slot and all the inserts that go back there. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty pretty much it. Um, and then there, there's a question of material. So in sense of do you do you have you know fiberglass or different materials, um, the quality of the bond to that core, or the, the 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 type of core you use, um, the resin systems used to achieve that bond, the volume of resin to fiber ratios. Those get those come into play. So um, it, there's quite a list of things that, that can affect the performance of the ski. And you, you, if you you sort of would tend to stay in your, in your you know, if you, if you all of a sudden just decide to make a pre-preg ski, which is, which is our skis are made with uh, carbon fiber pre-preg, which means that the epoxy is pre-impregnated around the carbon fiber and in a specific volume to fiber ratio. So the um, fibers, you know, might take up a certain percentage of the volume of any square uh, uh, inch or square centimeter or, or, or volume of, of of material. And the amount of resin to fiber ratio will affect your ability to bond to cores and also your ultimate strength or stiffness. So it can get, you know, quite, I can go on and on, but it gets quite specific. No, in, in,
2: but I'm glad you, you know. did because like what my next question to, to both of you after Nick explained, oh yeah, it's two carbon laminates, you sandwich, <laughs> and press and it's done. You, you know, asked for the simplified you know, version. Yeah. <laughs> it's a simplified version, right? No, no, you, you, you delivered. But you, Carl, drilled the point of how it—you know—there's so many other things you have to to pay attention to, and we haven't even got into shape. We've just been talking well, about the process and materials.
0: Yeah, right? and 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 you don't have to pay attention to that. You'll make a ski. Um, that's just the way my mind works, and what I'm trying to put into the ski is 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 a consideration of those things um, and and yeah. a control. Ultimately, a control of those things. So. You can imagine if you make your ski wet layup, you're, you're taking a certain am- a volume of resin, you're pouring it there, you're working it around, and then you're putting everything together. Um, the, the reason you know a, a fighter jet isn't made that way is because you need to con- ensure that every wing performs the same. So you want to know that exactly amount of fiber and exactly amount of resin is in that wing so that that wing is going to perform under loads the way it's engineered to do that. Whereas um, a wet layup process is, is is a different process. It you benefit from speed and you know other other controls, but um, the, the you know for example using prepreg gives you a different level of control. Um, so speak of never production, one, you mean? Uh, the control in the product, the end result. Yeah. And then it becomes how do you actually cut those fibers and how do they overlay to each other. So those are all things that. You know i'm working with on a daily basis when it comes to the ski like how to how to make that happen how to optimize that so it's 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 the most we have the most control over over that process as, as absolutely possible because then through that control we have uh, a consistent quality and ultimately hopefully the goal is that when you ride the ski it's the same one to the other and uh, yeah. when we want to make changes we we have finite control over those changes very precisely and so that's yeah, no, through because the
2: it is, it is an issue, right? Like there's often times, uh, it has happened to any listener to both of you guys, I'm sure that you, you have a ski and then for whatever reason, that ski is not there anymore, you buy or get allegedly the same ski and not so much, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a pro- like it's a materials and a production, um, issue, right? Like, so the more consistent you are in, in building the product, once the mold is done, the more likely the two skis are going to feel the same yes okay and i think I think now, what
1: we learned with the we're using prepreg carbon so that we've learned that it's it's really sensitive, and so we had to really find fine tune our, our process so that every ski was the same like that was our goal was to it was to use prepreg carbon and get a consistent product, which was it's been difficult but we we've I think we've settled in we' have got something that's very consistent at the moment, just kind of don't. Know. It's been great.
2: Yeah. Now, going continuing with our Skis 101, Nick, because I eventually I want to ask you about your ski. So I, I think the more we educate the listeners about what's about a slalom ski that it makes it so complicated, uh, oh, yeah. the better. So we talked about materials. We talked about production. What about shape? What are the variables there? What are the things that make a ski different from another?
1: Um, well... Let's see. What makes it different? than anything? Well, I mean, it's not on like a surfboard or whatever. Like every part of that ski, you know, has water contacting it and pushing it and having different influences on the skier. So, and water's so dense that at that speed, I mean, it has huge impacts. So, I mean, you could modify like the tail of the ski a little bit and you'll, I mean, so So tail shape, I mean, yeah, the, the, there's wide spot. There is like a, uh, the lines running underneath your like front foot area, like how parallel they are there. And then like kind of your, your tail shape. Like those are kind of the three kind of main things I focus on a lot. Okay. Um, and how your this rocker. nose and your nose, how your nose tapers. And yeah. And then I've, I've, I've learned a lot through this process with Carl is that rocker might be the biggest, might be the biggest component to a ski. I, I, I think like before I was always manipulating skis that were already existed. So the rocker was kind of our set, or, you know, there is minor adjustments to their rocker, but to start from scratch and then pick our own rocker line and then modify that each time. Rocker is probably the, my, my biggest, uh, concern.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so rocker essentially being like the curvature of the ski, if you were to look at it from the side, like how, you know, the curve of the ski in that sense.
1: Yeah, the, the, the way it bananas, you can call it or, or something like that. Right, and, right. Yeah, and there's stages, uh, a lot, a lot, some people have flat spots, some people have multiple stages where it rocks up, rocks, you know, just, okay. It it can get okay, complicated real g- quick
2: no and that's kind of what i want to get across this episode with for those who are not very familiar with with how skis are made or or designed like you know you go to the pro shop you you get a ski and you ski but there's a lot behind uh and a lot of variables that go into making a a high level slalom ski you know yeah uh now what because i i guess what I'm curious, like, you, did you find out about rocker being a crucial one as you were already, you know, with your hands in the jar? Or did you know beforehand that you wanted to explore that variable?
1: Well, I definitely wanted to explore it. Like, and I knew how, how it wasn't like I didn't know it, that it was important. I always knew it was important. But when you have your own rocker line and you, for the shape that you created, and then you, you try to match those two together, that, that, it, it gets a little tricky that way. Because once you cut your mold, then you can, all you have to do that your variables are to to do the flex of the rocker, and so that's so you kind of match that to that shape, which takes time, you know, and trial and error.
0: takes right. takes lots lots of cutting of lots of different molds.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Did you say with your hand on, 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 on your bank account when you said that? Or
0: <laughs> like I said, when we started, I knew it was a, it was a
2: project, <laughs> a challenge. Right,
0: Yeah.
2: right, right. So w- sorry, simple question, Carl, what made you continue? Like is, did it become some sort of like passion or did you want to help out Nick? Cause you know, he oh, can I- get pricey pretty quickly.
0: Um, you know, cost is all is absolutely a factor, but more important cost is, is passion. And we are, we Nick and I both started this project, you know, with so much passion and, and uh, um, you know, and that's where that's where the competitive side comes in. Like, we're not going to lose like we're going to figure this out. Um, and man, there were there were there were some dark times and it's like, damn, this thing is like, what do we do? And I, I, I remember I just pick up the phone. I go, Nick. Don't worry. We're, 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 still in it, you know, you know, um, <laughs> you know, just, just cause we just threw away a big, big slab of material. Like we just, you know, just, I got this pile of garbage over here. That's just, you know, um, we're, 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 we're going to hang in there, you know, don't worry. I definitely felt, I, and I, I don't know, maybe I, I'll speak for Nick, but he felt like, well, geez, I'm asking a lot. Like, and I didn't want Nick to hold back ever. Uh, I didn't want him to go to hold back and go, well, you know, th- this needs to change, but ha- be inhibited by the fact that maybe that means we throw another mold out, we throw another three and a half weeks of work away. Uh, and when I say we, I have a whole team that's working on this, uh, you know, evenings, weekends. At my, uh, big shout out to uh, to Jade at, at, at the office, who's doing a lot of the design work. Um, early on, I had an intern, Daniel. He was, oh man, I mean, he was there the, that week Nick came and we spent, you know, day and night I mean he was hanging in there so there it's 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 not me doing that work so um but I can tell you that, that uh it Nick has like a certain um you know style and, and 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 he would be there and he'd be on the FaceTime and they'd see him there talking about the ski and we, I mean we would spend I mean countless hours but the the point being that I didn't want to inhibit him to, to go well as if to say don't hold back your what you want to do next or what you think would make the ski work because of something that not in your control or mistakes that we might make, because sometimes we'd be trying to make what he wanted and completely fail, because we completely our fault, and that happened, I would say, more often than not. Um, but then when we did get it right, and, and and you know he's aware of all the work that put in, I didn't want to ever to inhibit the process. So and that that's true to you know to this to this to this day that we're. Um, if there if there's an improvement or something that needs to happen then then we we get after it so that, that I think that's really important to to in our process is that I didn't hold any um you know limitations on the shape or what could be done uh, and uh, so if there was a really challenging radius or something that was a manufacturing challenge we figured that out rather than impose some kind of uh you know
2: yeah, you know, rather than saying like this is how we can do it, this is your, your boundary, Nick, like you figured it out within this. She, it, was it more needed like, to be
0: uncompromised. That, yeah. that's the way I think about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, which you know, uh for those that have listened to Nick's episode and, and just knowing Nick, I think he was he was ready for that, you know. Uh, ready <laughs> to just try whatever the hell he had on his mind. Um, now, Nick, what the the ski is called the Parsons Project. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Before we get into the name, which is fairly self-explanatory, uh, the pineapple. Where the hell did the pineapple come from? Why pie- does? Because your skis come with a pineapple chucked on it. <laughs> you know, that's the only graphical, yeah, you know, like you know flavor to to the ski. It,
1: it seems to have made an impact. I think we're we're, we're happy about that, but it, but just. Just the pineapple on the ski. And everyone seems to remember it, but like that's that's how it started. Was 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 we were tossing around uh, logos and stuff. We're like yeah, that's cool and everything. And then I think Carl or so, someone came up with the pineapple and like just threw it on the ski. And everyone's like, that's it. Holy cow, that's it. I mean, it, it it's something so simple that like you know no one cared or whatever. But it, it, the impact it had, like everyone liked it. And then when we started showing it to the people, like wow, pineapple, that's crazy. And they're like. I think we got to stick with pineapple.
0: This amazing. So, the pineapple originated in, in our office and um, <clears throat> a co-op student that was working in, in, in my office, Daniel, he, I, I wanted, when we were making the prototypes and we were getting ready for Nick to come up and we were going to make that first ski from our first mo- model and we were going to make the mold and cut the mold and that's really what we did when, when Nick first came is I wanted to put something on that ski rather than just make this black carbon thing. I wanted to put something on it and we right. had like an hour and we're like, what are we going to put on this thing? And, you know, Daniel came up with this pineapple and I'm like, that's, that's awesome. So we, <laughs> we put this pineapple on the ski just to put, show that there could be a logo and what that could be like. Cause I, cause I thought that would be, you know, um, how the ski looks is a big part of, you know, my, my, what I bring to the table. So that was on there. And for some reason, we never changed it and, and it's, oh, it's been uh, a kind of only positive, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. And I mean, the only thing that I can say is that I'm recording this on a computer brand, a computer of a brand that made quite a lot of fortune using a fruit uh, as their logo, you know? So Oh, yeah. I mean, I see the idea, but it also looks like very stylish, like it's uh, you, almost <laughs> like a sketched pineapple, I mean I know I'm I'm banging on this drum, but it looks really cool.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's We I haven't had one person like go like, Yeah, why'd you guys pick the pineapple? It looked horrible and everyone's like that was a great idea, the pineapple's amazing. And so it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's translated like to like we have to
2: use it. Yeah. No, of course. Now, Nick, when was so you said you went up there December nineteen, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um Beyond the learning process, which I'm sure you try some skis, they they weren't good. You know, when did you have some sort of breakthrough that you were on the right track? Where you said, okay, we are, we're going in the right direction.
1: That might have been last spring. We went through a couple molds, and um, I was having trouble getting precise measurements translated onto the computer. With uh, with uh, was it one of your interns, Carl, or? What's, yeah,
0: myself, Jade A, a uh,
1: programmer or something,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and we, we 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 were like missing each other. You know? Mm-hmm. Nick Nick wanted something and I'm like and we just weren't we, we were we were out of sync. And so we need okay. and
1: yeah. And so it's it's tough we don't have something in your hands and you want to like put it onto the computer and and so so I I remember talking to Rossi about this and what he used to do is he'd print them out. He'd do a full printout of the ski. And so I'm like, yeah, that's what I gotta do. So we, that, was, that was one way we were able to uh, get my hands on something and, and do more precise measurements was I'd print the ski out completely, lay it down on my living room floor, and then, okay, now I can see it. And I can visually see the shape and everything. And so I would uh, put adjustments where I wanted them. And that way I could give, and I'd use my calipers, you know, and just measurement, like I want it this much smaller here and this much bigger here. And that way we could like shape the ski how we wanted precisely.
2: Yeah. And the minute, the yeah. minute
0: we started doing that, uh, it, we started to fly like the, 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 uh, what we started to make, I think started to click. It started to work. Um, and I think that was, a, that was a leaping off point when, when we, 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 when we could work remotely. Cause at this point now, Nick's can't travel. So maybe he would have taken one of his drives and ripped up and <laughs> saw us. And, right. And we would have done this, you know, together and looked at, you know, print out whatever you need to do. But that wasn't that was in impo- an impossibility because, of course, we're in Canada, and Nick's in the U.S., so borders closed. Um, and at that time, there was no opportunity to, to kind of travel under under some kind of uh, uh, allowable means. So that was the moment when we we, we things started to accelerate I, I, in my mind, anyways.
2: Yeah, and so you know sounds like you found a new technique to sort of communicate better and, and improve production. But Nick, I'm, I'm more talking about that set, you know, you know, like you have that set on that ski and and you have a revelation, right? That you're going in the right direction. When was it? Lake, give me the story. It must've
1: been May of last year when we finally, I got like the shape that I actually had in my head and we got, got on the computer and it all came, it all culminated. And then like, the ski came down and it looked exactly how I wanted it and everything like, and then, so a couple sets go by and like, I don't know where to put the bindings and stuff like that. And then you spend a week on it. And then all of a sudden you like ski really well. I'm like, holy, this is it.
0: Like,
1: we we did it, Carl, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, it's, I don't know. It was, it was probably the most self gratifying like moment I've had in a long time. Like to, to, to put the ideas I've had down on a computer gets molded by carl ships down to me and you ski it and you're like man that's that's really cool it was I don't, monumental for me
2: yeah no and i mean knowing your passion for skis for sure was there any anything in particular that that sort of like sur- surprised you i mean obviously positively about the ski like was it were you getting a lot of speed a lot of space into the ball like what was it that you went like who this is what I wanted, and I'm feeling it now.
1: Um, yeah, what, what, one of my uh, ideas I've always wanted to try. I've, I've been obsessed with how much concave can you go, how how, how much volume can it have. And so, finally, back in May, we finally got a concave that I liked everything, and it was. And then, when you go out in the water and you feel that much grip and that much lift and and hold from that concave, and you're like making more space in the course, and you're like, man. That that was something you're like, man. I'm feeling that. That's that's it. That's that's everyone needs to feel this. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs>
2: because no, because you know, like, uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, struggles there that not not you necessarily had, but like that I always see with developing skis. Right? You have the computer versus handwork madness. Yes. Right? Yes. Like you, you you shaped something with your hands, and then you somehow it can be reproduced on the computer and then you have to figure that one out and then the usual day by day testing of I'm going to do this and that's what it should do to the ski you go out and ski not quite, right? right. So I, the fact that you guys managed to do this remotely and, and to get a, a, a well designed, well skiing ski it's, it's quite remarkable well, that, it's I mean <laughs> It it
1: it did happen really quickly, and I was. I mean, I mean, Carl's the best, so I mean, that had a huge part in. And, and then I've I've had a lot of experience in, in in be in and try and let's, let's see, in tuning that hand stuff you were talking about, Mateo, and then putting it on a computer. So I, I was able to to do that pretty well. I thought, like, uh, I've had some experience with that. So.
0: Yeah, that was what how about I was... you. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, Experience that was, that was ski,
2: super
0: helpful. Yeah. Just a couple capable guys trying to make a ski.
2: <laughs> well, and because, Carl, you're also a capable skier, uh, I'd be curious to hear your first set on on the ski. And would you will go with any ski? Like a piece of carbon with foam inside that you put your bindings on, that you built, it's got a pineapple on it, you take a set.
0: Yeah. Um, let me see how it is. Explain that um the first ski okay so a ski okay so we only could make one ski so we started with the 66 that's the size for nick in 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 the in the shape of our ski volume lift you know a 66 for nick is pretty ideal um i know he's going to try some other sizes uh you know deeper but that's the ski that he used last summer um a couple tournaments did well and um and something that just to go back, I mean, Nick was able to to make a ski to get Nick a PB was like probably the highlight for me. Um, right. And that that was like I was like, man, what, what would imagine, imagine? Imagine a guy skied as much as Nick to PB. I mean, it's hard enough for me to PB, <laughs> I never, and I got a lot more runway. <laughs> so uh, that was like a that was like a key moment. But to go back to that same point, that same size of ski that Nick skiing so well on, I get on it and I'm like thirty pounds lighter or something. Um, and for me, the ski was like awesome, but it was like not the right size. So I was like, um, okay, we're making smaller skis. Um, and <laughs> so we did that. And then, so I, I kind of had ice cut for me, I was struggling on the wrong size ski and then got the right later, got the right size and it was like happening. However, that being said, still running some GS and buoys, you know, um, for me, running thirty fives on a, on, a, on a ski that was, it wasn't it, it had a, you could feel great great things in there, and uh, um, it really took off once I got the smaller ski. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it was it wasn't as simple as like ah oh, man, I can ski this thing. Um, I had to uh, we had to do some more work for me, and, and uh, so so that was cool. And Nick's been he, he really does. good about making sure the ski was going to work for me too.
2: No and and it does answer the question partially but I'm more interested in, in the simple things like you're walking I'm assuming was it a predator you got your first set on the ski?
0: No I was a, it was at my lake.
2: Okay so e- your EBC, lake yeah. even better. Yeah yeah. You you're holding a, your ski that you built and you're putting on the dock like you know you know what I'm talking about like th- this has got to be a completely different experience. Yeah
0: it, it's surreal I mean you 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 built this thing and and you go back a year before, and you thought building a ski was almost impossible. So, um, it's hard to process all that. You like you made this thing, and I always, I know I'd, I'd, say this. I'm like I made this. Like I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, right. uh, it's because you know slalom skis are. You know, there's a handful of slalom ski companies. They're they're a thing you buy. I you just there was a disconnect, and all of a sudden, uh, I was able to build it. But the shape and how I mean. It was, such, it was, there's so much, it's, it's, it's seems quick, but it, it was a year to get that point, you know, near, near a year to get that under my feet. So uh, there was so much, um, behind it that it, it didn't just happen, you know, like, like that. So for me, I'd been around, I'd seen it. So it, what, it, but after the set, you're like, you're holding this thing. It's, you know, you're, you're in the bows dripping and you're like, I made that. So I don't know that I still can't put it all into words. <laughs>
2: yeah no I mean I can imagine I don't think I'd be able to put into words if I skied on a ski that I built uh and and obviously with the whole as you said like up until a year prior you thought it was impossible to build a slalom ski right and then and then you were skiing on a ski that you built
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh,
2: now Nick I'm gonna ask this question to you first what do you envision this Parsons project to be right so you now have a ski, you have two or three sizes, you're selling it, people are starting to ski on it. Where do you see this going?
1: I don't think we have an end goal at the moment, but we it's more about enjoyment right now. Like it's for us and, and we are selling skis and it's seeing people happy on it and stuff. And so I mean, we're, we're venturing out, we're, we're putting people on skis and they seem to like it and we're selling some and that's, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Um, I don't think we have anything set in place, so I mean, that's kind of we. I mean, we we want to uh, fund the project, I guess, and keep that going. That's that's kind of our goal, and
0: yeah.
1: Okay. No, Carl.
0: For me. Uh, Yeah. Man, I would love to make a ski that skied the most buoys ever. (laughs) That (laughs) would be if I put, if I put something out there in, 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 in in the future, that would be it to uh, um, you know, for us to make a ski that, you know, could be uh, you know, a record ski, that would be amazing. I mean, that, that's the ultimate goal, but that may or may not ever happen, but that's like, that's like the fantasy. And then beyond, other than that uh, to Nick's point to see people Run buoys on their ski because I mean we made we made a very tournament capable ski. I mean that's that's I think our goal, um, something that that can give you a different feeling in the course if you're looking for something else. Um, it, it's different and unique, and in in that sense I think. And so if people are getting um, more buoys, that would make me really happy, and more access to slalom skiing, getting out there and with 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 a ski and tow changes the experience of the lake it has for me. Um, and you know, you're bringing, you're bringing something to the table, um, that you hope can really help people, you know, with their, with their goal to skip, to get more buoys or, or just to have more fun. Um, maybe that maybe make their, their fun pass funner, that kind of thing. So that, that's what, for me, Mm -hmm. I want to see that. I want to be part of that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, have, have, uh, done our best, you know, in terms of making this good.
2: Now the the reason why I asked this question is that you know I kind of knew where Nick was gonna go. Um, I didn't know about you, Carl, but I guess the 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 and I love it. I I love every single word you said. Um, Thanks. I guess there's a, you know, sometimes and I, I think Nick can testify to this. Like you can be interested in skis, in making skis to make sure that um, other people have good sets on them and they run buoys and they're and they're happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um okay. Or you can build a ski in that pursuit of that ski right, and a pursuit that Nick has been after for for a long time yes and, and not necessarily that, those that's two a part of what, go hand in hand right
0: and that it's goes st- back to meeting Nick a while so long ago for me and and you know recognizing you know the path to recognize that Nick has like passion and ideas, and I wanted to help realize those so. That, that is a big part of the, the pursuit of the ski is a good way to put it because, you know, let's see where this thing can take us. Cause for me anyways, I had no idea where, 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 where it could go other than I put my you know absolute best, you know, work into it. And is your question along
1: the lines it, of like, like our ski style specific. And would you think that it, like, would a ski that works for me, is that going to work for everyone else? Is that, is that kind of your
2: question or kind of, you know, like, yeah, in a sense. So you could continue changing the shape and continue to work at testing and, and creating a ski for the purpose of continuing to build the best ski you can ever build. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it will work for the, the bottom of the pyramid, right? Right. And so your interest could also be building skis for the bottom of the pyramid. And sometimes those two interests are very different, right? There because is, yes. You know, one thing... One thing is to run forty-one at thirty-six. Another thing is to start cutting the line. Um, so I, I was just curious to see how you guys are managing uh-huh. the two, because obviously, if you want to sell skis, you have to you're gonna have to worry about the bottom of the line. You know, there's only ten people that run forty-one. They I think
1: I, 41. I I've learned that I I can ski on a lot of different skis, a lot of different shapes, and I can make it work, whatever how it is. But I, um, but ultimately, you're right. You need to make everyone happy and I think Carl and I talked quite a bit about this, was uh, Nick, if the ski's working great for you, is its is it gonna, you know, trickle down the pyramid? And from my experience, it always has. Like every company I have is always designing t- to to run the most amount of buoys for that top tier skier, you know, that, and that usually, that d- that does trickle down, usually. So. Interesting. I, I've never been to the company like, we need to design the ski for, summers run 28 miles an hour. Like usually, that's not the way it goes. It's, it's, it's the opposite. Because if you can if you can extrapolate from thirty six miles an hour forty one off, it's it's such a fine window that like you can fine tune that ski so much, and then you can kind of bring it down to slower speeds and everything, and it it, it usually translates easily.
2: Interesting. So, better
1: than the other way around.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that that I would say. But if I understand it correctly, like the minor changes you have to do to make that ski performing better, to perform better at like 41, 37 miles per hour. Eventually, once you figure those out to make it, let's say more 22 off friendly, it's not that big of a deal.
1: It's yeah, exactly. That's, okay. you can detune it, whatever it is. It's, it's, just, it's a lot easier to detune a ski than it is to go the opposite way and tune a ski up for 41. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I've always been taught and viewed, and that seems to be the the commonplace view for uh, most ski designers.
2: And Carl, has that been the response from the other skiers? Because I mean, I'm sure that after you guys had those revelations, you started making people try this thing, right?
0: Well, we had this this pandemic, so there's a limited uh, has really created a big handicap on on that on what would normally I think happen. Uh, last year I wasn't even, um, I didn't even get down to the, my, my, my normal ski club, um, here in Calgary. So th- that, that, that has changed our game and things seem to be getting normalized now. And we're really looking forward to this summer and, uh, and getting a lot more experience in, in that regard. Yeah.
2: But so. those that have tried it, I mean, I've seen images of other people skiing on, on your ski. Like what has been the response? Like, what are they liking?
0: Yeah, I think it's different. And everyone that I ski is like, wow, that's different. And they're like, I want, they want to get more time with it. And usually we're there for a day or here's the ski. And then it's kind of, weird. so at least that's been my, my experience. And again, I haven't been able to be at my home club, like just spending time here, use the ski. Like everyone's skiing. Well, I'm going, like right now we're still, lakes are frozen foot ice. So uh, where well, I am, is just such a short season too. So I'm, I'm not the best, uh, uh you know i gotta answer that i haven't had I, have, I haven't had the normal access i would have but everyone who's who's tried it has like their eyes are like whoa, well, that's a different thing and i want to get more time on that ski you know yeah and
1: we just started selling skis in october like of last okay. year so yeah we're expecting to the spring and stuff like that people try it and see how that goes sweet
2: sweet well yeah. guys i'm I'm stoked I finally got to do this. I've been dying since I saw a pineapple chugged on a ski with Nick's name on it. I've been wanting to do this <laughs> interview. So, you know, like, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find the ski? Like, or, or can can it be ordered? Like, how does it work?
1: Through uh, tppskis.com. That's pretty much what we've been doing all our sales. And, yeah. Yeah, we Utah, have... obviously. Uh...
2: Oh, sorry.
0: We have an Instagram account where we put our posts and pictures of what we're up to. And then, yeah, the website.
2: Instagram and website. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll put them down. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, I mean, hopefully things improve and I manage to see both of you at some point this summer.
1: Yeah, I'll be over for your tournament in Italy. That's for sure this year.
2: Carl, come. Come here, man. Yeah, Carl, come. Carl's coming. He's coming okay good I would love to yeah it's not the the type of commitment that I would expect from you but hopefully we'll get to convince you in a couple of months
0: well I was just thinking about that time you got me to stand on a table in a restaurant pointing out where you are in Italy do you remember (laughs) that I I do (laughs) I do I do okay
2: all right well guys thanks again thanks guys that was fun yep
0: gents thanks we have to clap too? What
2: well no no I'm clapping to say this is a freaking cool episode. I'm so stoked. Alright. This was really good. Really?